have been talking um, from coming into the new year, really talking on our identity in Christ Jesus. And that's really what we have been looking at. You know, I did start looking at, you know what, the things of God are ever new. So that when we look at our, our new spirit now, you have to realize it's ever new. Um, and what we have, there's no updates for it. It's, it's an amazing new birth that we have. Um, so we've looked along those kind of lines. We've looked at our new identity. And um, we've looked at, like, um, we were immersed into Christ as believers. So we have new DNA. Praise God. We have the DNA of Jesus, which means that we have his nature. We've God's nature. We have the life of God in us. We have his nature. Amen. We have the spirit of God living in us. And we have new desires as believers. As believers, we have the desires of God in our spirit. It's our flesh and our mind we're dealing with. But you know what? The spirit man is a completed work. And that's why on the inside of you, you have a desire to serve God. Amen. Once you get saved, there's a nature change. Something um, takes place on the inside of us. We looked at we have a new image that we need to adopt in and take on. And that's part of our identity. What you see and um, we're going to get into that this evening. You know, we, we, we looked last week about, you know, embracing the new image. That, you know what, that you need to receive what God's Word says about you. That you need to act on what God's Word says about you. But you also need to speak what God's Word says about you as well. Amen. And I was looking at these couple of foundation verses here. Let me just look over into Philemon 1 and verse 6. Only one chapter in Philemon. But it says here that the communication of your faith may become a fact actual by the acknowledging of every good thing. Look at that, every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. You know, it's amazing how many people will focus on all the bad things that we used to be in Adam. And even as a Christian, a lot of people still focus on, you know what, you're a sinner, you're unworthy, and all of these kind of things. But you know what, we're now the children of God, and that we have been made His righteousness, that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace. And we need to say the good things that God has done in our lives. Amen? We need to, we need to acknowledge them. And how do you acknowledge them? Well, part of acknowledging means that you become a fully acquainted with it. You've you take on that identity. You take on that mindset. But it also means that you confess who you are in Christ. It's important not just to know it. It's important to say it. Your words have power. Amen. It doesn't, it doesn't give you your identity. You have it. But it goes a long way in you realizing it and you taking on that identity. Your words have power. Um, and that's why over as well, we looked at this as well in Psalms 107 and verse 2. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord what? say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say that you are redeemed. Amen. Say that you're blessed. Say that you're an overcomer. You know, it doesn't say say your circumstances. It says say who you are in Christ Jesus. Speak out all the good things that you are in Christ. doesn't mean to say we are not a faith people that don't um, deny things. You know what? It's like when you speak to the mountain, you're not denying. If you're denying, then there's not a mountain there. You understand? You're denying that it even exists. You may see a mountain. You don't deny the mountain, but you deny the mountain the right to be there. You speak to the mountain in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. You know what? When you are a person of faith, it doesn't mean to say you walk around with your head in the sand, ignoring everything. And you know what? And you close your eyes and just, just say what the Word says. You know what? But you're in denial. That's not what it's saying. It means you believe the Word is more real than the circumstances. That you're more overwhelmed by the Word than you are by the circumstances. So you take God's Word above the circumstances to the point to where you can take what God's Word says and you can speak to the circumstances and see them changed. Amen. That's power. Praise God for it. Amen. You know what? I, ha I had this dream the other week and I woke up from this dream. I don't think I shared it here, but you know what? I had this dream the other week and I'm not saying this was a dream from God, but you know, when you think about stuff, do you know how many of you know you dream about things that you think about many times or you watch a film and the next thing you're dreaming, you're in that film, you know what I mean? Kind of a thing or something similar to it. But I've been thinking non-stop on who we are in Christ Jesus from before the start of the year, coming into the year. And, you know, it's just all I've been really meditating on. I'm listening to other things and different things, but I'm meditating on who I am in Christ. Well, I had this dream the other week, and I woke up from the dream, and I woke up absolutely raging. I was really angry in the dream when I woke up. But what was happening was I was at a conference, and I was one of the speakers. You know, but there was somebody else speaking before me, and I didn't hear them. And they were speaking on um, like prayer cloths and different things like that, which is a biblical principle. You know, the anointing is tangible. The anointing is like energy. It can be stored. You can pray over, over you know, prayer cloths and, you know what, and lay it on people's body. And you know what, praise God, they'll be healed, ministered to. That is a Bible principle. But in... The dream, what happened was this, it started off with the right principle and then it went to extreme, okay? And the person I was teaching was, it got to the point where it was to do with your clothes, you know? And so they were having this discussion afterwards and they were saying, what ministered to you throughout the day? And somebody put up their hand and said, uh, you know, I really learned something today. I learned that, you know what, my um, teenage son, he's off the rails and I learned how to get him fixed now, how to get this thing sorted out. I need to go home and take all of his tracks and get rid of them and get him this new brand. But this new brand was an anointed brand, okay? And he needs to wear this brand tracks. This is my dream. And you know what? But in the dream at that point, I got so angry and I woke up. I woke up at that point. I got so angry in the dream. I was like, no, that is not the answer. The answer is who you are in Christ. If he could just get a revelation of who he is in Christ Jesus, his life would change. And you know, I woke up angry and told Dan about the dream. But you know what? That is the answer for our lives. The answer for us is to take on as Christians, is to take on our identity in Christ. For the world, the answer is you need to get saved. For the world, they need Jesus to get saved. We are saved who have received Jesus. But let me tell you, if we want to live a, a life of victory, we have to take on our new nature and take on our new identity of who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, um, Kenneth Hagin, many times he would have taught this principle of you need to go through the scriptures, take out all of the scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ, in him and in whom. And all of those scriptures in the, in the epistles, they let you know who you are in Christ now that you're saved. So you need to know who you are in Christ because our faith becomes effective when we begin to acknowledge all the good things that are in Christ Jesus that belong to us. 
So if you want your faith to be effectual, you have to find out who you are in Christ and then start to confess it. Start saying who you are. Start to acknowledge who you are. Start to be acquainted with who you are. Take on the mindset of who you are and start to confess who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So that's where we're going to go this evening. Um, I could break this up. You know, into looking at in, in Christ's scriptures and then looking at in Him scriptures and in whom scriptures. I'm not going to do it that way. I've kind of lumped them all together and I'm going to look at different headings because um, I think it's a better way of doing it instead of looking at one set and overlapping them. So uh, I'm just going to take different headings, but all of these show us who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Here's another thing as well. I just want to, I just want to bring this out in um, Philippines for a moment. In Philippines chapter... Um, Two. I won't go through all of this here, but let me let me just look down at um, at verse. Look at verse today. Actually, it says, "Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the, the, the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also highly exalted him, and gave him a name that is above every name. Amen. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth. Amen. You know what? Um, Jesus was promoted to have an, a name that's above every name, but what was his mindset? His mindset was that of a servant. And you know, I just say this here when we look at scriptures to do within Christ and things like that, because you know, if you've been around the move of God long enough, I've seen people get a hold of who they are in Christ Jesus and all of a sudden thought they were better than everybody else. I've seen people get the chest out. You know, like, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But usually it's just, I'm the righteousness of God. But we should be saying in Christ Jesus, you understand? Some people are like, I'm the righteousness of God. But no, it's, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank God we wouldn't be righteous if it wasn't for Christ Jesus. The only reason we are righteous is because we're in Christ. So when you're in Christ, you want to have his mindset as well. Amen. And Jesus loved people. See, I want to I know who I am in Christ Jesus, but I don't want that to go to my head to where I then treat people wrong, to where I'm like, I'm righteous, and you know, who do you think you are touching God's anointed? You know, that kind of an attitude. No, let me tell you, we're meant to um, have a humility about our lives. We're meant to have a love about our lives. We're meant to have a, you know, a compassion towards people who don't know better or don't, People that are, there's people living lives that are so contrary to what we, we, we believe, but they're still our mission field. You know what? Some people just need someone to show them love. love. The love of God will mess people up in a right way. When people are expecting you to be hard to them, and it's not that you change your values. I don't change what I believe. But some people just need a good dose of love. They've maybe had nobody love them. Maybe, And you have to be led by the Holy Ghost in those things. But you know what? I, I say that because I've seen people, you know, over the years. And you go out. I've been out, I, I've been out with people. And you know what? I, we're the children of God. And they click at, every, click at the people, you know, to bring their food. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's, you, may, you may know who you are in Christ Jesus. But you do definitely do not have Jesus' mindset. Amen. Jesus didn't click at people. 
and treat people like the filth of the earth. He loved people. Amen. He came, he came to serve. He went to the people that needed it the most. He let lepers touch him. Not who do you think you are touching me? I'm the anointed. No, Jesus knew what he was anointed for. Amen. So I just think it's important to, to, to take this on because these things are awesome. These, these things of who we are in Christ Jesus are awesome. But I want to also have Jesus' heart. I also want to have Jesus' heart for people so I can know who I am. Just like with Jesus. Jesus knew who he was. He said it. He knew who he was. But then he washed the disciples' feet. So he was able to wash his, the disciples' feet and it didn't change who he was. He didn't all of a sudden know, you know what, I'm a, I'm a scrubber, you know. No, he was, he knew who he was. He knew exactly who he was. He knew where he came from and where he was going. But he had a, a servant's heart. And I want to have that heart as well. But you know what, I also want to know who I am in Christ Jesus. Because you have to have, walk in the authority of who we are in Christ. If you don't know who you are, the devil will walk all over the top of you. So I'm going to take these up like in sections over the next couple of, of weeks. And um, as well, what I'll put with these as well is I'm just going to put, I'll put a confession with them as well. Just to help us. Not that, you know, I have to say this. No, it's not that. It's just to help, help us. Give us something that we can model off and then add to. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll give that as well. But here's, here's the first thing we're going to start looking at this evening. Um, the first thing is that you are a new creature. You are made righteous. And you are in relationship with God. Amen. That's who you are in Christ Jesus. And I'll not spend a lot of time in these because we have looked at these over the last couple of weeks. But look in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Look what it says here. Therefore, if any man be, look at that, in Christ. Amen. See, when you get saved, you're in Christ. So this is part of your identity. Who you are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. Amen. You're not who you used to be. Amen. And let me say this here as well on this here, which is really important. Because sometimes, sometimes we will say, say to people like, you know, when they get saved, you know, you're a new creature and old things are passed away. And many times we just talk about their actions. You know what? All of that's gone. And it's not just your actions that's gone. It's your whole identity's gone. That old man is totally gone. So then sometimes people think then, no, I'm saved 10 years and I've made a lot of mistakes in the last 10 years. You know, what about all of those old things? They're all gone too. Amen. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature. That can't be updated. There's nothing that can be added to that. You are a new creature. When you're saved every day, you can say, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus because you have been a new creature from the moment you got saved and it is still as new today as it was the day you got saved. Not living in guilt and condemnation because of something you did five years ago. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. That old man's gone. I'm completely... Different. I'm a new man. I may have failures in my life. I may have done wrong things in my life as a Christian. But I'm still a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so are you. Amen. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then it says, um, old things are passed away. That's everything that was in Adam. Totally gone. Amen. Who has, look at this, reconciled us to God by 
Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that or to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Do you know what? We we have been reconciled to God as well. And I'll come back to that in a second. Um, but I'm just showing you that there. We've been reconciled to God. And then in verse 21, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Look at Galatians um, 6 for a second. Galatians 6. And... Um, Look, look what it says in verse 14 there. It says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he's talking here about, goes on to talk about circumcision and stuff like that there. Do you know what? If, if you've done something to get saved, if you help Jesus, okay? If you do, like if it was Jesus plus your good works, or Jesus plus your skirt length, you know what I mean? Jesus plus your hair length, Jesus plus why you wear makeup or don't wear makeup. You know, all of those kind of things that religion put on people. Jesus plus because, you know, you, you rang a bell or something or you burnt incense or whatever. Jesus plus anything disqualifies us. It's Jesus only for salvation. It's what Jesus done only. And that there's what Paul is saying. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Look at this. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but here's all that counts a new creature. Are you a new creature in Christ Jesus? That is all that counts. Amen? Sometimes people are saying, you know what, I did this, I did the other. No, it's I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's who I now am. That's who you now are. That's all that counts with God. Praise God. Amen. Not are you circumcised. Not, you know what, um, what clothes are you wearing. Not are you in a three-piece suit. Not are you in a dress. Not are you dressed up to here and down to here and no makeup and a hair up in a bun. And not criticize. There is people that do things like that, and you know what? And they love God, and many of them are just trapped in religion. I'm not saying that, but sometimes people have that impression that if you don't do that, then you're out of favor with God. All you need is Jesus, and when you make Jesus to the Lord and Savior of your life, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's all that counts. Amen. That's it. Amen. Next thing, let me look at this here, based on Second Corinthians chapter five. This is the next one. You're reconciled. Reconciled is talking about brought back into relationship with God. You're back in friendship with God. Amen? And you know what? As children of God, we are not on the wrong side of God. We are on the right side of God. Amen? You, once you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, these are, these are spiritual truths. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. I don't care you look in the mirror and you're getting more wrinkles. I don't care, you know what, if you go this way, this way, that way. I don't care. Or everything goes that way, you know. It doesn't matter. It's who are you in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's all that counts. That's what matters. And I don't care if you have a bad day, if you lost your temper, or whatever. You are still in relationship with God. There's nothing can get you out of that relationship with God. Why? Because you've been reconciled to God. You may feel distant from God because of something you did or how you felt or you got up with a headache or something and you felt like, you know what, everybody was distant from you. But I'm telling you what, in your spirit, your spirit and God are like that. And it's like that forever because you've been reconciled to God. New creatures are reconciled to God whether you feel like it or not. 
And when you stop living on your feelings, you can enjoy that relationship. That relationship doesn't change because of how you feel. It has nothing to got to do with your feelings. Once you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you're in the palm of Jesus' hand. You're in the palm of the Father's hand. And no one can pluck you out. And I look at it like that there. It's like that. <laughs> you are secure in there. When you're in the Father's hands and you're in Jesus' hands, you're in relationship with God. And that's what it's saying there. He's reconciled us. Um, um, to, to God and then has given us a ministry of reconciliation to go to the world and tell the world that God's not holding your sin against you because Jesus paid the price for it does that mean that the world's automatically saved no because you have to be reconciled to God you have to receive salvation amen you have to um, you have to come into relationship with God but what it does mean is God standing like that amen to the world or like that to the world saying be you reconciled because Jesus has paid the price. If you don't receive Jesus, well then you reject the answer. And then you will go into a lost eternity. But you know what? Here's the thing. For all the days of your life, God is like that to the unsaved. But the problem is many times we go telling the world all of their sin. Instead of telling them that Jesus paid the price for your sin. And you can be reconciled to the Father. Amen. So praise God for reconciliation. Look over in Ephesians chapter 2, just on the same, the same thought here. Ephesians 2 and verse 12, it says here that, that at that time you were without Christ, this is before salvation, being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. When people don't have God, they are hopeless. They have no hope. There's only hope in Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Amen. Look at that. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were at one time afar off have been made nigh because of how good you are. No, by the blood of Jesus. Once you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you've been brought close to God. Let me tell you, you are as close to God as you can get. That's in our spirit. But that's your identity. That's what you live out of. If you, have, if you think you're at a distance from God, it's going to keep you in your everyday life. You'll always feel you're distant from God. But if you know you're reconciled, you know that you and God are sandwiched together. That you, in actual fact, John tells us that we are one. Amen. Don't see yourself afar off as a Christian. Don't say, I'm in the wrong side of God. Or God's not happy with me. God, you're his child. You're in Christ. Is God pleased with Jesus? Yes. If you're in Christ, he's pleased with you in Christ. I'm not saying he's pleased with all of her actions. I'm not saying all of her actions, you know, or God approves her actions or anything like that. But I'm talking about in Christ realities. In Christ, you are not at a distance from God. In Christ, you're in relationship with God. That'll change how you live your life. I don't care how you feel, God, I know you're near. Amen. God, I, I, don't, I don't live by my feelings. I know what the Word says. I've been reconciled to you. In actual fact, the Bible says that you're in Christ and Jesus is in the Father and Jesus is in you. you how closer can you get? The Bible says we've been brought into oneness with Him. That is as close as you can get. Amen. Look at verse um, um, Ephesians 2 and verse 18. It says, For through Him... We both, talking about Jews and Gentiles, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. God's not at a distance with us. 
We're close to God. We're in relationship. We're in right relationship with Him. Amen. In um, uh, um, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17, talking about Jesus here, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, um, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. You know, when we come to Jesus, it's open face. It's not veiled, it's not distance. It's open face. That's the way we're to see it whenever we come before God. It's personal. Your relationship with God is up close and personal. God loves you. You're, you're, you're a new creature. That new creature is reconciled to God. That new creature is, a, is back in relationship with God. God's not angry with you as a believer. God's not, ang- God's not waiting to throw something at you. God's not you know, angry and disappointed as you, at you as a believer. You're his child. If you get a revelation of that, it helps you in your everyday life. Amen. Next thing, in Christ Jesus, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Again, what is righteousness? Right standing with God. It's rightness. It's being right with God. You're not right with God because of how good you are. You're right with God because he made you righteous. It's all because of what Jesus done for us. That's what it's saying there, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, a scripture we all know. Look at that, for he hath made him to be sin for us. See, Jesus didn't sin, he was made to be sin. Why? It says, who knew no sin, that we might be made. You're made righteous when you put faith in Jesus. That is what you call the great exchange. And I think we got the better deal. Amen. It's a great exchange. We give him our filthy rags and he gave us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. People many times say, how can that be so? Grace. Oh, but I don't deserve it. That's grace. If we're going to live our lives based on what we deserve, we're not going to get very much. We don't deserve it. That's it. But the good news is we still are made righteous. Made reconciled to God. In right relationship with God. Not at a distance. Near. We were at a distance. At one time we were distant. At one time we had no hope in the world. But now because of the blood of Jesus. Not our goodness. But we magnify our goodness. And we magnify our feelings. More than anything. We need to magnify the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus saved us. The blood of Jesus made us righteous. The blood of Jesus brought us into right relationship with God. No wonder the old timers used to sing about the blood of Jesus all the time. Now we sing, we just touchy-feely church. If I feel it, God's here. I feel God's here. God's here whether you feel it or not. Amen. Amen. I feel at a distance from God. You're living your life on your feelings. My Bible lets me know every day I'm reconciled to God. Nothing to do with my feelings, but you know what? Thank God that the anointing's tangible. Thank God that, you know what, you can sense the presence of God. You can know the presence of God. God's presence can manifest, but that doesn't mean to say God. God showed up. God's here all the time. Look at this here. I love, this. I love these uh, couple of verses here. Um, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 29, it says that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ Jesus. Again, this is an in Christ verse. 
who God is made unto us. Look at that. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory were in the Lord. Jesus is your righteousness. You're righteous because you're in Christ. And Jesus is your righteousness. Amen. I don't feel righteous. Are you in Christ? Yeah, well then you're righteous. That's the way we need to think. Look, Philippines 3 and verse 8 talks here, well, Paul talking about, you know, all of the things that he tried to do in religion, and he got down to the place where he counted it all dung to win Christ, to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And he says, and being found, look at this, this is an in him verse, being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through what? Faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul was one of the holiest people you ever met, and he never arrived. He was still at a distance. He was, he, he, he talked about the Jewish people that were closer, because they had the law and they had all of the things. They were closer than the Gentiles, but they still weren't there. They hadn't arrived. Do you know, you can be close. Like if there's an event on, in the center of town, say for instance there was a fireworks display up here, you, you could be in Belfast tonight and you're at a distance, or you could be in Craigavon and you're almost there, but if you're not here, you miss it. Paul was close but missed it. And the only way he could be righteous was to receive the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Look here in the next one here. Um, in Christ you, you have the wisdom of God. Again, this verse here in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, it says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us what? wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. In Christ, you have the wisdom of God. Let me put it this way. Your, your spirit is smarter than your head. Colossians 2 and verse 3, it says, In whom are hid all, again, that's an in whom verse, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know what? There's answers in your spirit. There's answers for your home, your family. There's answers for your life in you. Now, we go by the word of God, but you know what? There's times whenever you know, like in a situation, where you need an answer for that. You know what the word says, and, but you need a specific well, I tell you, God has answers for us. Your spirit has the wisdom of God in it. I always say, I am in Christ, and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ Jesus. So I'm in Christ, and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in me in Christ. You understand? Because we're in Christ, we're one. You know what? Every morning, Donna prays over the kids, and you hear it every single morning. That you have the mind of Christ and that the wisdom of God is formed within you. Amen. Every single morning that is prayed. But you know what Donna has been saying that over her own life. From she was in school. That I have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed within me. Praise God. You know what, as a believer, you may not, you may not even have much up here. But you know what, you have a lot in your spirit. And if you walk with God and walk in your new identity, you'll accomplish more than people who have a lot up here. God will make you smarter than your teachers. 
1 John 2, just off of these a couple of verses, 1 John 2 verse 20, it says, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Some people say, I don't know all things. I don't have a clue. Yeah, but your spirit does. So you do in your spirit. Sometimes we say, oh, my head, I don't have a clue. I can't remember anything. Your spirit does. Amen. Your spirit knows all things. Then Colossians 3 and verse 10, it says, And put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. You have access to knowledge that is beyond your education. God can show you things. God can give you a download. God can bring something up in you. That's why you see when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying with a part of you that knows all things. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That's why one of the reasons why it's so important to pray in the Holy Ghost is you're praying forth divine secrets. You're praying forth God ideas. Amen. You're praying forth the wisdom of God. You're getting what's on the inside of you out. And God can give you answers. You know, if you learn to pray in the Holy Ghost, even there's, there's situations and I go, God, I don't know what to do. But you know, I know what to do. I know to pray in the Holy Ghost. So I'll just walk up and down and pray in the Holy Ghost. And it's amazing how many things God has brought up in me over the years. Even in teaching as a teacher, I pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'll go to Scripture and say, God, I don't know what that means. And what I'll do is I'll walk up and down and I'll pray in the Holy Ghost. I may not get an answer right there and then, but maybe in about two or three weeks' time I'll be reading something else and it just clicks. And I go right back to that scripture and I go, thank you, Lord. You see, God's able to give you answers that man can't. Do you know, like every, every one of us, we carry a phone around with us. Every one of us have a smartphone, I'm sure. Do you know you carry about with you access to Google? Many of Google knows more than, than all of us. You can ask Google anything, but here's the thing. In God, you have access to wisdom and knowledge that Google can't. Amen? So you can learn a lot from Google, but when you're in a difficult situation and you say, God, how do I fix this? Or God, how do I, you know, I'm overcome at this present moment. God, what is the wisdom for this moment right here and now? Or you know what I've seen people, you know, their marriage was at an end, but God had a word for them. God fixed their marriage. Google couldn't. How do you fix a marriage? Well, here's the top things to do. Talk about it. Then they talk about it, they end up fighting. <laughs> that didn't help. I find it talking to you. I, I, everywhere you go, see, you go to marriage things, even in Christian, all, it's all about communication, communication, communication. Some people are, n are not even talkers. And they want them to sit and communicate all night. And they're sitting and go, I don't want to talk all night. I'm not that kind of a person. Some people have a quiet personality. Like Don is dad. If you know John, I'm telling you, John, when you're with him and all, he is full throttle. But you know, when John's finished talking, he's quiet. He's quiet. He just wants to sit there. He's happy and content just sitting there. You know, but people want to put on you, this is what you have to do, or this is what you have to do for this, that, and the other, or you have to come out with this and that and all the rest of it. No, let me tell you, I tell you, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost can give you answers to things that nobody else knows the answer to. And in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 6, it lets us know that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. 16, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16, we have the mind of Christ. 
Here's another thing here, just, just quickly. 1 Corinthians 1, again, back to that verse. In verse 30, it says, Of him are you in Christ Jesus, who has made unto us wisdom, righteousness. See, I, I, when I read this verse, I, Jesus, you are my wisdom. Jesus, you are my righteousness. Jesus, you are my sanctification. And this one, Jesus, you are my redemption. We have redemption in Jesus. We have been bought out of the slave market of sin. You've been redeemed. Amen. You are redeemed. You don't belong to the enemy. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. You've been redeemed. You've been bought with a price. It's just like when the children of Israel left Egypt, it was bye-bye. Bye-bye, taskmasters. Bye-bye, Pharaoh. Absolutely no authority over them whatsoever. And I tell you, for us, we're not underneath Satan's jurisdiction. We're in God's kingdom. And we're in God's jurisdiction. And you have to see that you are redeemed. You're a redeemed child of God. You know, many times we're redeemed, but our mind's not. You understand? We're redeemed. But we don't think like a redeemed person. We still think like I'm a slave or I'm a sinner. You know what? I, I, we have a dog, and you call the dog Taylor. Tyler called the dog. <laughs> so he wanted the dog's name as close to his, okay? And you see our dog, if I go out, if I go out to the side of the house and the dog comes with me, the gate closes over, right? And she'll stay there for a bit, but the next thing I see her, she pushes herself back in and the gate closes over on her and she doesn't realize she's free. See, she's free. She could go anywhere. But she's still a prisoner, you know what I mean, in that sense. Like she goes back in. And then the next thing you hear scrabbing at the door, looking back out again after about 10 minutes. That's like many Christians, we're free, but we're not free in our mind. Because we don't see ourselves redeemed. But we are redeemed. Amen. Here's a, an, an in Christ verse, Romans 3 and verse 24, it says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in where? In Christ Jesus. When you're in Christ, you are redeemed. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Look what it says here. In whom? That's an in whom verse. See, all these let us know who we are in Christ. Look at that. In whom we have redemption. You're not trying to get redeemed. You are redeemed. When you make Jesus the Lord and save your life. Look at it again. Through his what? Blood. See, there, there's a redemption. You were bought out of the slave market. A redemption has a price. It's called a ransom. And the ransom is the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that could save us. We weren't redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. But look at this here. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Look at that. The forgiveness of our sins. How many Christians see themselves forgiven? Redemption is the forgiveness of sins. Look in Colossians as well. Again, it's talking there about who has delivered us from the power of darkness. That's the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even more, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption is the forgiveness of sins. Here's a powerful verse here that's worth taking note of in Hebrews 9 look what it says here, there it says neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood again this is the redemptive price he entered in once into the holy place look at that having obtained how long redemption eternal 
redemption. What is redemption? Redemption is the forgiveness of sins. Let me put it this way. You have eternal forgiveness of sins when you are redeemed. It's not forgiveness of sins until you fall on your face and then that's redemption over. You're out. Out you go. You're out of distance. So you need to come crawling back to God. No, you're a new creature. You're reconciled. You're the righteousness of God. You're in right relationship with God. Amen. You were at a distance. You're now up close and personal. Amen. And here you're redeemed. You're, you're redeemed. You're, you're, you're forgiven of your sin. And it's eternal redemption. Which means you're eternally saved. Amen. He entered in once to obtain eternal redemption. Praise God. Amen. I tell you, see people who live with an eternal mindset that I'm eternally secure, I'm eternally in relationship with you can you can enjoy your Christian walk. But if you don't, you know you have no security. You don't know what you're going to do next month. You don't know what you're going to do in six years' time. You have no security. Absolutely no security. But when you're saved, you know you're secure. Amen. Now when a person is saved, they are secure, okay? But I'm saying mentality. I'm telling you, you have eternal redemption. Praise God. Galatians 3 verse 13, it says, Who has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Let me tell you, when you know that you are redeemed, in whom we have redemption. In whom we have, when you're in Christ, in him, you're redeemed. Amen. When you are redeemed, you're redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is spiritual death and everything that goes with death. Sickness and poverty. That's what we're redeemed from. Amen. So what do we say? I'm redeemed. So I'm redeemed from spiritual death. I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from poverty. Amen. Because I am the redeemed of the Lord. All my sins are forgiven. Because I have eternal redemption. That's the way we need to talk. And then uh, uh, here's another verse in closing. It says, let, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. As we said at the beginning, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Um, whom he has, look at that, redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. A Christian shouldn't be talking, oh, the devil's going to get me. Let me tell you, we need to be talking, we're out messing his kingdom up. Christians living in fear. We don't need to be afraid. Amen. We've been redeemed. We have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. We're in the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. Amen. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Stop talking the curse. Start talking the blessing. Amen. Amen. Let me just read this here part out. And as far as we got this evening. But you know, I've just been putting this together. This is the kind of thing that we need to say about ourselves. It doesn't have to be like this religiously. But just becomes part of your everyday talk. But sometimes you do this at the beginning until it gets in you. And then when it gets in you, you just, it's just natural. It starts coming out of you. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am reconciled to the Father and stand before him righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have right standing with the Father. I am justified just as if I had never sinned. Jesus is my righteousness. And I can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive grace to help in a time of need. 
In Christ Jesus is my wisdom. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. I am not stupid. I have the mind of Christ in my spirit. Amen. In Christ Jesus is my redemption. I am already redeemed. I have been bought out of the slave market of sin and I belong to God. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law, which is spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. I have true liberty and freedom in Christ, and I stand fast in it. I stand in the grace of God, in the unmerited favor of God. Amen. And not better than talking about who we were in Adam. That's how your faith becomes a factual by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. We'll take this up again the next time we get into some other things, spiritual truths, spiritual realities of who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen.